Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Lock and Key Unlocked, a podcast about Lock and Key on Netflix, as well as the comic books by Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Unlocked. Unlocked. And oh. we are going to be unlocking our recap of season Chains. two, episode six, The Maze. So, AKA Chains! <laughs> AKA Chains. <laughs> if you haven't watched it over on Netflix, please do, because we're going to spoil it. But the broad overview is that after the huge, huge revelations of the last episode where they found out that Gabe and Eden were both actually demons, Gabe shows up at the door. They're trying to figure out what to do. And they basically try to put him off for an episode or so, tell him that Duncan didn't really get his memories back, even though he did. Smart. Because they figure out that what he is after is Duncan's ability to make keys. Ultimately, that gets messed up a little bit because of the chain key, which Aaron discovers and decides to take out Dodge once and for all. This all comes to head at Winterfest, as things often do. Uh, oh, In a maze, Aaron ends up dying. Gabe and Eden find out about Duncan, potentially, but also the Lockheed kids go on the offensive at the end here, decide to lure yes. Gabe into a trap and take him out for what he did to Aaron. So, again, broad and overview of the episode. But evil yes, Josh but- being evil Josh. Hot Josh being very hot this episode. Nope. He, so, I, mean, I mean, hot Josh in costume, in historical <laughs> costume? <laughs> what are you oh, talking man. about? That's some 18th century. No, that's that's, that's, that's a little bit of a, a renaissance of my own. You know, oh, I'm about. Yeah. no. I flipped century, my wig. My wig flipped right <laughs> over. Queen, my, queen. my tea doth dump into thine uh, harbor. No, yeah. stop. I'm just saying, like, my musket was loaded and my bayonet was set. <laughs> the instant that I saw stop this it. guy. No, I dude, that was spe- awful. Strictly historically That's a speaking. deal breaker. You yeah, historically speaking. Historically speaking. That is not a deal breaker. He looked great. He oh, did. He looked, honesty, he looked great. It's goddamn yeah. red coat. Uh, give me liberty and give me death, and I'll take both when, if Josh is dished into that. Oh, you know? no way, man. Yeah, he's definitely not evil. I don't know why we're starting here, because there's such bigger things that happen in the episode. So evil. No, absolutely not. Well, you either give respects uh, to, you know, Nina, or don't date her, okay? You can't just, like, you know what I mean? That's oh, not I evil. got some evil That's just plan going on. prioritizing mm-hmm. history over the woman Uh-oh. that's in front of you. you okay, know? yeah, that seems healthy. He's just rude. There's a difference between rudeness and evilness, Pete. <laughs> Rudeness is a sign that somebody is evil, you fuck. It's a very low dose form of evil, I would argue, yes. Pete. Very tiny little micro evil. Hey, at the start of a relationship, you gotta be aware of all red flags. Okay? Mm-hmm. You gotta be aware, you gotta see them, you gotta assess them. Is this the tip of the iceberg or what is this? What's the red flag do you think um here? Is it the historical um clothing? 
Yeah, that's one. You would never date a reenactor of any sort? If they're reenacting the the bad side, yeah, that's like, hey, hey, you know what I like doing? The I like I like dressing up as the bad guy and, and reenacting <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, you're still pissed at the British, right? You yeah. got a real axe to grind. You yeah. know what I mean? He, it's, it's weird. Maybe I missed a specific detail. I feel like they've intimated but not outright said that the Redcoats at the beginning are his relatives, right? Like his ancestors. Well, there's yeah, got that's, we're putting that on him because we're hoping there's something important behind his fucking. Well, but he's talking about Matheson history. I think he said yeah. that there was a relative that he had back in the day. I don't know why I keep saying he could be lying. Ancestor back in the day. No, I don't think he's lying, but it's just it's maybe they're just trusting our intelligence to make that connection there without outright staying it. But it seems like the sort of thing that a couple of episodes back, he could have been like, yeah, there were these redcoats uh, that are my ancestors. They invaded Matheson. And that's why I came here to study it. Instead, they're bouncing around it. They're keeping a couple of things secret. Well, and it, it is weird. He seems to know something about the Black Gate and the Whispering Iron and all that. He knows it's important, but he doesn't seem – he seems absolutely clueless about everything else that's that's going on here. He doesn't seem to know about the actual keys. He just knows that Key House is somehow important in some way. So I agree. He's I, he's definitely has an agenda that we don't know, but I don't think he's evil. I did question – I was I went and rewatched the episode one again to see if it was maybe – if Josh was one of the soldiers that has mm. somehow remained mm-hmm. alive after a demon gets in him. You were trying um, to see if it was hot Josh underneath there? I was because, you know, there are three soldiers and two of them get demons in them. Right. And I thought, oh, I don't rem- didn't remember the Isn't the there one that runs face. away, though, too? No. Well, well there are some uh, rebels, some like right. American I soldiers. I think maybe that that's what, like, this, this lore, the other rebels, kind of like the story of what happened is built so much, and he's kind of tracing down that story. Yeah, and I, I do think it has to has to do with an ancestor thing rather than him being a demon or anything mm-hmm. like that. Do you think maybe he's related to the bullet? You know what I mean? I, the bullet, you think? Yeah. Yeah, Interesting yeah. take. Yeah, uh, like maybe his he's re- great related. uncle was one of those bullets. Or one of the um, bats. He could be yeah. related to a bat. Yeah, mm-hmm. or a cave. The cave. You're related to a cave. Oh, that's your, what it is. That's why is that grandfather? Your matriarchal grandfather was a cave, right? <laughs> I don't think we want to go down this Carlsbad uh, caverns. Yeah, yeah, don't. <laughs> yeah. Don't. my some of my ancestors actually slept in some of Pete's ancestors <laughs> oh, back in the day. That was. Uh... That's why we have so much in common, Pete. We really connect. My my grandfather, great-grandfather was more of a stalactite guy or a stalagmite guy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Jumping back just a little bit Can and we? getting off of this topic, I really like the tension of this episode a lot now that everybody has different parts of the same information rather than having the lock kids in particular behind the ball here like they have been for the first half of the season. Instead, you get these great scenes with Kinsey and Gabe in particular as – she knows about him. It's unclear whether he knows that she knows. And Eden even pushes him on that point. And I think it's open for debate, certainly, whether he's just fooling himself or he legitimately does not know that Kinsey knows. But ultimately, I just I really liked how these were played across the board. I thought it was really good. I got to I got to say, after this app, I, I think Eden was amazing in this app. 
I mean, this was a huge Eden Epp, and uh, I loved the back and forth with her mom, giving her life advice. I, I think this is uh, this is the best we've seen with Eden. This is such a fun kind of thing. It's very funny to me that you're like, Josh is evil because he's rude. Eden's good because she says killing her <laughs> father is a good idea. You're you're a demon. You you are a demon, is what yeah. it is. She is great in this episode, though. Yeah. And yeah. she... We've talked about this before on the podcast, but she, of the two demons, is the only one who seems to actually know what's going on. Like, Gabe's the one in charge, but he's messing up all the time. He's getting caught. Eden is taking care of business. Eden is like, yo, kill Kinsey. She knows what's up. What are you doing? (laughs) They're lying about Duncan. Go get Duncan. Stop being an idiot. And uh, she's literally got to show him. Like, mm-hmm. even her explaining what she saw wasn't enough. Like, he had to see it for himself. Yeah. Do you think at this point is Gabe's humanity or whatever is left of Gabe's humanity, whatever is left of Lucas Caravaggio, is that holding him back? Or is he just kind of being dumb about this stuff? No, I well, think I mean, he wants – I'm sorry, Justin. but good, I you, think, go, you go. You go. I think he wants – uh, the uh, Kinsey and him, he hopes that, uh, you know, that this kind of niceness is something that's like keeping him going, like making him think he's not all evil. You know what I mean? There's something nice in his life and it's Kinsey and he's willing to kind of like lie to himself about who he is or what he's doing uh, for her. And I, I think that's what's nice about it is it shows a little bit of humanity. He's not just this evil fucking I'm out to kill. He has a little nice spot. Well, and I, 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 oh, I okay. was just going to say I love getting Pete's perspective on this stuff as the uh, Kinsey, the Ginsey shipper on the podcast. Yes. It's really appreciated yes. because Stop you see it. the emotional layers in this thing that you've shipped since Stop season it. one, maybe since even the before that. Yes, and let's be honest, you're always you're sort of a gauge looking for your own Kinsey in your life, mm-hmm. right? Your personal yeah. Kinsey. Yeah, sure. Uh, anyways, Justin, what were you going to say? So what I was going to say is I have sort of a – I don't know if this is rooted in the sort of science or magic of the show, but my theory is that um, Eden, the demon in Eden uh, – Eden's a person – uh, mm-hmm. And so, like, the demons can overtake Eden and sort of affect her emotions, make her more evil as she goes. While Gabe um, is an echo, the, is the base form. So an echo is frozen in place, can't really change. And that's why Gabe is stuck in these, like, very high school emotions and he can't get past Kinsey because oh, he has deep. the same emotional set. A set of emotions that that Lucas had, and that's why in this episode you see Lucas and Aaron have that moment, and you see or Gabe and Aaron have that moment about Lucas, and you see Gabe sort of look at her like, "Yep, this is accurate," but then it, it, he just does it anyway because he has replaced uh, the emotion with with his quote unquote feelings for Kinsey. So it's almost like a robot going through the programmed motions of love in this situation. Wow. Mm. That just yeah. really summed up my whole high school experience. But can we talk <laughs> about well, how, you're, like, you're famously an echo as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, can we talk about like Eden? Uh, just watching her eat with freedom was just so nice. I mm-hmm. mean, just the way that, you know, like, oh, if you're hungry, eat four giant cheeseburgers. I mean, that's that's the dream right there. She's Absolutely. a consumer. 
And I'll mention, I actually interviewed Halia Jones about this, and she actually ate all of that stuff. No, of course. Yeah. Uh, Well, sometimes, I I was curious about it, because sometimes, like, you know, you take some bites or whatever, and then you spit it out in a bucket between takes. But apparently, she sort of forgot about it, and particularly with the popcorn scene, just kept snacking between tapes (laughs) until she had eaten so much popcorn, she felt sick and never wanted to eat popcorn again. But that's also the problem if you eat too much, like the, you know, when they cut. And it's Are you like doing low the levels? Popcorn. Like you can see the yeah. popcorn levels going up the person? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, no, if you like, if you start and it's a full and then they cut back and it's like half and then they, you know what I mean? Like you got to be and careful. And refill it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and also in my time being on set for uh, uh, productions where people have to eat, spitting it, people do it. The actor will do it like the first couple takes, but then it's such, it's so gross and it's such a pain to have, you know, a PA or whoever hold up a bucket to their mouth when they're still on camera and be like, okay, spit your pizza up and then take it away. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to eat it this time. And so we don't have to do the whole me spitting in front of 40 people watching me as an actor. What did Pete, maybe you remember this fact on the suicide squad. I think John Cena ate something like 38 empanadas. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I I don't know how you do that. You got to feel so sick, but good on her. Eating all that stuff, and it is a very, very fun bit throughout. Oh, so fun. Where it's like she looks up from her burger and she's got like some spilled at her shirt, and her mom's there. Oh, such a fun moment. I believe, yeah, the, the stand on her shirt was really funny. Um, yeah. I believe it was Sir Lawrence Olivier who said, <laughs> Act, Actor gotta hold down that pizza, burp <laughs> it out if you need to. Wow. Man, but he I said it that, in a British accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had that on Put a little my British wall. On it. I had that on my wall in college on a poster. It was that famous picture of him with his tongue out, like rah. Yeah, know, well, right. that's, you look Albert too Einstein. much like, like Albert <laughs> Einstein. But yeah, that's just. <laughs> Don't oh, do God, that. Dude, oh, Let man. me just say, listener, if you're not seeing this, Alex is dropping his full lizard tongue out, oh, picking up off you. the desk, you little salamander, you. Like a uh, cartoon wolf. That's what I do. Yeah, how do you yeah. keep that? How do you even make letters in your mouth with all that? <laughs> it's very hard. I had to learn. Oh, wow. In any case, what did you think, though, of the plot line with Eden and her mother? I thought that was a weird, interesting swerve to throw in there that I like the scenes. They were funny, but I wasn't 100% sure what the purpose was other well, than showing us a little bit of this divide between uh, Gabe and Eden and their different levels of humanity. Pete? Well, I was going to say, I also think it's like one of those things where it's like when you start to think like, oh, I'm a badass, I'm a, you know, whatever, and Eden's like, I can do what I want, I'm fucking free, you still got to answer your fucking mom. And even as a, a part demon, when your mom shows up, you better sit up straight and fucking clean, put a clean shirt on. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I loved about this. Like, even badasses, when their mom shows up, it's like, oh, shit. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, mom. What are we doing today? You know what I mean? Like, I loved it. But it was also funny that, like, instead of Eden giving her advice, this demon gives her advice, and it, like got through to her mom. Like, I don't think her mom is really going to go kill the dude. You know what I mean? But 
it's was just like, hey, stick up for yourself. You know what I mean? I'm, so I'm, I'm on your side. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I think the mom likes. I, I think it is interesting because last uh, episode we got fully inside Eden's head and sort of yeah. felt for her a little bit in what happened. Yeah, to her and did you kid. look? Was it a clutch, uh, Zalbin? Did you look what what that uh, was? Because no, you said I, you were, I didn't look no. it up. Uh, that's not what a clutch is, guys. That's <laughs> okay. not what a clutch it's, is. It's a, uh, it's a shoes for shape, like her sh- It's a hat box. It's a weird yeah, hat. Box. It's definitely not a hat box. Also, hat box not around. <laughs> comb on the top of it couldn't be a hat box. I understand women. It's a tackle box for her fishing <laughs> fishing career. Uh, what, um, I like how so, you wiped your brow after that. Like uh, I was in character. I was uh, <laughs> I was eating the pizza as they say in the acting world. Uh, what I was gonna say is we get inside Eden's head last episode. In this episode we see her and her mom. I agree with you, Alex. It is weird that we're sort of showing off Eden as a human as a person here, but I think this um, sets up perhaps that Eden is a character who may die before the end of the season. Oh, my, why do you my, say that? That's my, because I think we're learning about her. Um, uh, we, she is an interesting character. She's a human underneath all of the demon that is inside of her. And I think we're setting her up. We're getting closer to her so that it may be uh, pulled away. That's just my prediction. Don't well, know I if also it's true. think, <laughs> dude, we already lost. We just lost Aaron. Don't throw fucking Eden in there like that. Come on, man. Well, there was That's also a logistical Come thing on. that I think. I don't think this is the whole reason for bringing back the mom, but without the mom, geographically speaking, Ian would have left the position where she would have been to see Duncan walking into Winterfest. Like she was about to walk Mm. away. Her mother stops her, gives her a hug. That's why she's facing in the right direction to see Duncan there as he uses the anywhere key and walks to try to track down uh, the rest of the lock kids. So that's true. That's true. Just on a script level. I think that works. That's I agree with you, but from a writing perspective, I think you could have invented any number of reasons. Sure. Yeah, she could have just stood up and heard it, and somebody, you know, no, nope. no, nope. it had to be the mom. Yep. Had to be. The she mom. could have been looking, looking over, and being like, "Whoa, who's that guy with that crazy tongue, Alex Elvin?" <laughs> and then Ben, like, yeah, again, I wasn't a call for us to see it again. Uh, and then been stuck looking at yeah. uh, Duncan entering with the anywhere key. Yes, um, but I, I do think the emotional underpinning for Eden is a little strange at this point, since she is a villain, and we don't need to know more about her. It seems to further the story. So I feel like we're developing more of a connection to her, so that she may be ripped away from us um, in Stop. a in a sad way. Just a, on, it's, again, it's a prediction. I'm probably wrong, but we will never know. Yeah. Until we let's, watch let's jump over to the good guys and talk about them a little bit. First of all, this is, I think, in a weird way, the first time we've seen Duncan, you know? like Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He's had his memory missing. He's been very wandering and lost, purposefully so, both through the first season. His brain was broke the past couple of episodes. And seeing him run around and find keys with Bodhi was great. It was a joyful yeah. scene to watch, and it made me very now happy. Now we're talking about the real hero of this episode, Bodie, as always, come, you know, sitting down with people like his yeah. talk with Duncan was emotional. Also, like the fact that like he was like, hey, guys, you know, since the shit's about to crazy, I installed things on our phone so we can keep track of each other. Like, oh, thank you. Yes. Like, let's start to be smart about this. And that's all the youngest Brody leading the charge. Um, yeah, Bodhi. Bodhi, I, Bodhi, I do think the, uh, I thought he did, he showed up and he was like, Hey, what's up? There are two dodges, Ellie, we killed Ellie. 
and everyone's like dealing with this revelation. He's like, moving on. Give me your phones. Yep. Coordinating yeah. an app drop. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. about to reveal. And I also reorganized your uh, your email uh, uh, pile here. Like I feel like he is logistics email pile. <laughs> Inbox, that's the word. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I call it an email pile. Yeah, you, <laughs> just like you, you, have print, a pile you get of physical comics. emails, right? You get physical emails yeah. and you stack them. <laughs> print them all up. I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, follow this link. I can't. I'm the paper. <laughs> Ow, uh, where am I going? Press the button on my uh, printed emails. No, I'm not um, a boomer. Uh, but I, what I want to say is um, it was the Bodie e- uh, phone thing. I was like, oh, this is a strange thing we need for this episode um, and probably won't come into a factor again. Oh, I don't, don't doubt that. It can come huge later. It just felt like something that they needed to be here because Bodie just saying in the car, like, hurry up, get this information out there so yeah. we can use it in the maze section and we don't have to um, wonder what's going on. I mean, to that end, here's my one quibble with the episode, which I assume Pete's going to yell at me because we can't talk about quibbles, but the I really liked the idea of the maze section and everybody going in there. And I thought the over the top shot uh, that you called the shining shot before we got on Pete was very cool. Really liked the way that looked. But the whole section felt like it went on a little long and didn't really build the tension specific what? specifically because. We didn't really have the geography of wherever, where everybody was. There were little moments in there where people were kind of passing by each other in the maze, or you got to see it from that over-the-top shot. But mostly, No tension. They were on. literally running for their lives through a maze. They couldn't get more it tense. It went on very long, and it was the same shot of right in front of everybody as they're very purposely walking, where it's like, I don't know where they are in relation to each other. So again, I thought it was a really smart tension. idea. I liked it, but it didn't work for me. Um, yeah, I, I hear that because it just felt a little messy. It felt like some of the people didn't have a great reason. Like Bodhi didn't have a great reason for being in the maze. Like Jamie taking his backpack. I was like, this feels unnecessarily mean for her to do. Oh, have you ever had your backpack stolen? I think you have. So what the fuck are you talking about? Um, I have had my backpack stolen and I'll tell you what. It was just stolen. There was no friendship. Don't you wish you could chase somebody through a maze who stole your backpack? Uh yeah, okay. I like mazes. I like mazes. Yeah, so that would be a nice I. thing. That would be a nice present from your friend who yeah. stole your backpack. You know, you don't count encounter a lot of human sized mazes in our lives these days. Now is right. there's a lot Not of nowadays. corn mazes. Back Not in nowadays. the day, oh back, back in when the day. we were kids, mazes everywhere. It was all mazes. Oh yeah, well I had to I go like my to- path to school went through a maze every day. <laughs> I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Maze Mania uh, outside of Myrtle Beach. That's a maze you can run in and it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> shout out to Maze Mania, our, always a sponsor of the show. We just need to bring them up more. Yeah. Maze Mania, Myrtle Beach. If you want to get lost, get lost with us. Maze Mania. Amazing. <laughs> Good. Good. They have um, a lot of taglines. It's very confusing. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. <laughs> it's a maze of taglines. The, oh, but boy. what I liked about the maze was uh the, the it was able we were able to create some nice tense moments once everyone was in there and you forgot about all the sort of expositiony way that we got in there. I also felt like Gabe's maybe one of his many vulnerabilities is mazes. Because he oh, kept that's getting his weakness. Is yeah, exactly. He kept walking into the. Well, you got. I mean, if you're, you know, you know, if you have two personalities working in there, how are you going to make a decision which way to go? I mean, he was just kind of like, I don't know how to turn. It was rough. 
Yeah. He, he, what's the trick? You put your left hand on the wall and trace it around if you get lost. Is that it? What? What, do you have a maze technique? No, what? no, no. That's like the the very, I think, very well If you just known. put your left hand and follow it, you're going to walk in a circle. No, because you're ultimately going to, if you get super, super lost, you put your left hand on the wall, trace it around, because ultimately you're going to Trace go what around? Your hand? Just what keep you your hand about? on the left wall. Don't take it off the <laughs> so left wall. So you don't wall. get turned around, he's saying. Exactly. Are you making and one of those hand turkeys, uh, tracing your hand? Yeah, yeah, you make a hand turkey. You show right. it to your teacher. She says, very nice job, Pete. Okay, now it's time to go to the reading quarter. And that's how you get out of the maze. No, you put your left hand there. And if you follow it all the way around, ultimately you're going to touch every wall in the maze and you will make your way out. Wait, so touching every wall doesn't all all of a sudden. But you don't let go. What part of this are you not understanding? It's not like you're touching all of the walls. You can't can't lecture Pete. He's descended. Yeah, I've I've done mazes for a long time. He's descended from a cave, which is the original Yeah, like don't tell me how to fucking. But if you keep your hand on the wall, you're going to walk around the same three-part fence eight times and not go anywhere. No, then you're in a room, Pete. What, you're not talking about a maze. You're talking about a room. <laughs> no, I'm saying there's parts, there's parts of mazes that are just like, just like uh, you know, very small. And then there's Turning. other fences. The, the fences other aren't all fences? connected. Did yeah. you go to jail? Are you talking about jail? Oh I think you're talking about jail. Not all the walls it's touch the same, all the no, time. It's the same thing with jail, though. Just put your <laughs> left hand on the wall, and if you follow it around, you'll escape from jail. <laughs> oh my God. Let me just throw out a uh, pretty, uh, as much as it's funny what Pete's saying, Alex, your left hand theory, a little dubious as well. Look it up. It's a Look little it dubious. Look it, Look it up. up in what? Mate, what? Uh, highlights? Uh, how to get out of maze.com. Go to Highlights I'll shoot Magazine. You I'll shoot you an email. You can print it out and click the link. <laughs> Go to <laughs> Highlights Magazine <laughs> backslash maze. Oh my God. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about the Locke family, <laughs> our main characters here. Um, right. What are we covered so far? Hot Josh, what Aiden <laughs> ate, and how mazes work. Okay, go ahead, I guess. It's good. It's good. Um, what did you think about, at the top of the episode, Kinsey's upset, obviously. She's realizing that Gabe and Dodge, uh, Gabe oh, is yeah. Dodge. Do you think that's a little weird because Tyler and Kinsey both hooked up with Dodge? Oh, <laughs> Why would you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that probably is what she's thinking about at that moment. She's like, oh, this is oh wait a second. I mean, it's got to cross your mind. No. There's too much going on to have that cross your mind. I think that's going to be the next four episodes. <laughs> there, are, <laughs> the let's see, there are a I lot give, of episodes left. I give Kinsey a lot of credit, like, to be able, I mean, with the parts where, like, her hand was shaking, she did mm-hmm. a great job with the tattoo. I think that, like, she, like, the way she was able to kind of, like, be like, holy shit, let's deal with this. The only way out of this is I fake like everything is doing okay. I think they did such a great job of like bring her just to the edge of breaking, but she doesn't, you know what I mean? Well, like, let me ask you an actual emotional question about Kinsey. Do you think at this point that she regrets putting her fear back in her head? Because that sort of thing would not happen yeah, but she wouldn't if have she didn't have her fear. Paid attention to this really. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would take a longer. No, she did. She really did the right thing by getting her fear back. Yeah, I'm surprised that she hasn't made mention of it because I do think it was the right choice, and I think she knows it was. She the fears would eventually leads her to figure out what's going on. So uh, I, I'm imagining they'll talk about it in one of the episodes coming down the pipe. 
Yeah. Just while we're jumping around here and calling out various things, what did you think about what Aaron does in this episode? We got to see the chain key. We got to see the great lock. It's a little bit smaller than it is in the comic book. In the comic, it's huge. It's like the size of a person and just kind of sitting there. But uh, here it's more manageable to carry around. Right. But also packing just as much as a punch. You know, Mm -hmm. when she releases those chains, that was... That was really awesome. And we also got a shout out to Allison Chains in this episode. Mm-hmm. A lot of chain yeah. love. So what was she going to do, though? That's another problem that I have here is she grabs Gabe with chains. She's going to drag him all the way back to Key House at that point. Did she have the anywhere key? Because I, I don't think so. Duncan had it. So, yeah. no, um, I agree. It was a bad plan. It was and a bad she's plan. like, I'm going to go get him. Was she just going to kill? Because he needs to be dragged into the... Um, the house, the little house, the there. well house, yeah, well, well house. house. Um, so, I think it was a weird, bad plan. I that seems like it was, and maybe the chain key does sort of they're under your full control, so she could actually do that. Also, um, like it seemed like nobody else was looking around in the maze. Everybody had their hands on the wall, weren't following it. Nobody was noticing. <laughs> like two people almost died in a maze. I guess everybody's mm-hmm. too busy. Handwalling it to notice people on the floor. <laughs> yeah, you gotta handwall it, man. <laughs> gotta handwall that maze. And ultimately, she does die, which is so sad. It's such a bummer. What was that? I don't remember that vine. That's the plant key. Plant key. Yeah, I saw. I saw the plant key as like with relation to plants, but Gabe just kind of like put that in the ground and all of a sudden it was like... So the plant key is weird the way that they set it up in the show. If I remember correctly, it controls plants, but it was also where they had buried Duncan's memories under that tree. So physically it does what happened with Aaron there, that it essentially like seems to control plants in that they raise things out of the ground and then bring things back into the ground versus being like poison ivy powers or something like that, you know? Uh, so I, I don't know. It, it's it's a little strange. It's definitely different than it is in the comic book, but I think that's how it works, maybe. Um, really sad to see Aaron go. Sad to see the yeah. way it happened was, like, super tragic and sad, especially, you know, in the middle of a very public maze. Um, she gets sucked under, and right then, as the Locke family's mourning, townspeople close in on them. So it was this, like, they're not even going to get – the time to be to really mourn her because they got to go get yeah, set up it. for the next day. Yeah. Yeah. But also like it was hard because she was so close to fr- like walking away. Like uh, she had this very touching conversation with uncle dunk and he was like, no, get your happiness, walk the fuck away. And then she was like, I'm the last of the key masters or the key makers or the keepers holders of the, of the key. keepers of the key. Thank you. Uh, I keep switching with Ghostbusters. Like, are you the gatekeeper? But I think it was one of those things where, like, she couldn't, you know what I mean? Like, she had just come out of this coma. It would be too hard to just walk away clean without trying to, uh, you know, fight this evil. So I give her a lot of respect. It just sucks that she felt like she had to do it on her own. One day away from retirement, man. Really sucks. Oh, man. Uh, But I do think... uh, I think the the lock kids will learn that like the the gravity of being a keeper of the keys mm-hmm. like that's what they are and I think they're they've been treating it like this is just a fun thing that we can do and now they're seeing like this has consequences and you as an as the adult that Aaron became made choices that ended up in her death because of the commitment she made. Do you think um 
you know, Nina will even notice Aaron is gone. Do you think she'll say anything or just won't even? You know, cause no, she's I, I think she, oh, because she is distracted by Josh. Yeah, she's a 16-year-old uh, again and just living the, uh, you know, the magic. Yes, I think she it. will notice Aaron is God. They'll probably not, probably not tell her. Um, I did want to bring up, I really liked the Aaron and Duncan scenes, particularly given how hurtful they were when he didn't remember yeah. her at all, to see them connect and see them connect on an emotional level, I thought was really yeah. nice and very well done. Speaking Great. of connecting on an emotional level, level, we got to talk about Tyler and Jackie in this. Yeah, episode. yeah. Um, first off, pretty pretty reckless greenhouse firework. Just yeah, setting the greenhouse on that. fire. Oh my yeah. god! Very like, calmly, sta- yeah, just standing there mm-hmm. while the whole place it is very nice. Down. Though it looked, it was very romantic. <laughs> out there. So Jackie makes the decision. He offers it up to her, shows her the magic, explains she's going to forget it in a couple of seconds, and says, I have this memory key. You got to choose it. But do you want your memory back? And when she hears that there's good things, but also terrible things that have also the worst things you could even imagine. She's like, "Mm, no, thanks. And decides not to, which clearly breaks Tyler's heart a little bit. What would you do in that situation? Well, it's this thing of like, she is excited to grow older. She wants to be an adult. She doesn't want to play around with this magic and these games. She's excited for what's going to happen in her future and not gamble with this magic bullshit, which (laughs) is an interesting choice. I don't know. I think I would like to play in the magic world, but somebody who's looking forward to growing up is in, uh, you know, some people are like that. Well, yeah, I think for he, a reaction uh, on whether we'd like to play in the magic world, let's talk to three grown men doing a comic book podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think we know we made we our choice. <laughs> yes. We made our choice. Uh, <gasps> but I do think it speaks to their like core philosophies. Like, I think they connected over a lot of things. But you know, Tyler and all the Lock Kids, they are always going to pursue the more extreme or exceptional things in life. The line was, "You'll never be able to unsee the beautiful and the terrible things," which I thought was such a cool quote. And there, you know, that's a big path, and that speaks to every other choice you're going to make in your life. Do you want to? I'm happy that to just go along and live sort of a, a middle of the road life, or I'm going to see horrible things, but I'm also going to see beautiful things, and I want that up and down. And I think Tyler realizes that in that moment, and that they just are incompatible, even beyond the keys and the magic. Oh man, come on, dude. I, no, I think that's true. It's a sweet, yeah. sad moment because they. I think they do love each other. It's just they have they're too different when it comes to their core beliefs. And that's a very true to end of high school thing, right? Like yes, Jackie 100%. is making the decision to say, "No, I'm going off to college. I'm growing up. I'm going to do these things." Tyler is very much holding on to that teen experience and wants to keep with it, exactly like mm-hmm. you're saying, Justin. So, yeah, I think in the midst of all of this, this is some very realistic emotions that they're dealing with. It's a surprising decision. I would definitely choose to use the memory key personally, but I understand that not everybody is like that. And I appreciate the show went there and is depicting that. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Other moments cool. from the episode that you'd like to call out, if any. Oh, my God. There were so many. Yeah. Um, oh, what was going yeah. on with Scott? Was he making bicycle smoothies? What was happening there? Yeah, it's funny they never referenced the fact that he was getting power out of a bicycle to make, I guess, to power a blender. Strange thing to not reference. Right. But I did like that scene. I really like the vibe of Scott and Kinsey sort of cautiously yeah. being like, hey, Gabe's a demon, so I'm available. Yeah, I mean, 
super nice to Scott, the way he was like, hey, I'm here if you need anything. She was kind of like, oh, I really want to kind of acknowledge that, but I have this evil dude who I've got to be aware of. So, yeah, I thought that was a great job planting the seed for them for later. So, uh, I love the end of the episode. We get this sort of like hero shot of all the lock kids getting ready to do some damage. Uh, that's super exciting, especially come, how many episodes we have left to have the sort of hero shot. There's a lot's going to happen, and I think it's going to be... this. That is the sort of thing, and you mentioned this with the last episode, which feels like a cliffhanger for the end of the season. This also feels like, well, next episode's the last one. It's all about to go yeah. down, but there's still a bunch more to go. Which is Yeah, with crazy. four, right? We have yeah. four more whole episodes. That is a lot of time. Um, but other things I liked in the episode, um, Duncan and Bodie, we talked about this a little bit. They're both here. They're whispering. They both go to the key. Uh, to find the chain key, like their connection, they were the youngest, they're the youngest in the family in their, uh, in their own generations. And I think something we've talked about is Duncan made the keys when he was young. I think Bodie's the key maker now. Hmm. And I think we're going to, that connection will continue to grow. I think over the course of these last four episodes. Yeah. I think, Oh, go ahead, Pete. Who do you think sent the text to evil Josh being like, I know who took your bullet. Mm. (coughs) Good. Good, Good question. Uh, I don't know. One of I was the thinking it was Eden. I thought it was Eden, maybe. Yeah. It's surprising that we didn't get a resolution to that, but presumably we'll find out who next episode. Yeah. I mean, there uh, are, who could it possibly be besides Eden or or maybe, I don't even know. Who or maybe one of the other people like uh, noticed it or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Doug? You know? Not Doug. Doug, I was about to give him a shout out. Very fun as the maze bouncer oh, in this episode. Man. He got Good shoved. Stuff. He, he got did shoved. get shoved. He but I loved shoved. him like being very uh, inconsistently serious about yeah. the amount of tickets that you needed. That was very fun. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't know if you guys noticed in the background of that scene, I think when Eden is coming in, though maybe it was Gabe, there's a woman in the background ordering chowder. Who's like, what? Yes, I heard the whole chowder. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a like multi-word exchange about the chowder. I'll have a chowder. Yeah. What size would you like? A clam chowder? Mm-hmm. I was like, what is an unnecessary thing to include? But <laughs> they're keeping the chowder game going, which is they something are. I think we've really keyed into a lot. Exactly. Oh, Ooh, boy. That, I don't, I don't want to spoil it, but maybe that's my key moment of the episode. We'll see. Uh, I oh. also think um, I really like the mom being like, oh, maybe evil Josh isn't for me if he's going to put this stuff ahead of me. So I thought that was a good part. Yeah. Nope. It is interesting just to get back around to this to have this relatively straightforward relationship drama with Nina in the middle of everything else that's going on. Like I know I said this before, but it feels a lot more to me if you put the magic part aside and whatever is going on with Josh and the Black Door, it feels a lot more like an ABC show or something like that, like very yeah. soap opera-y, where, oh, they're having a mix-up. He's more interested in his job and focused on that. What does that mean with her? She was just excited about it at the beginning of the episode. So hopefully she gets more integrated into the main storyline because right now it feels very much like she is on the side of everything that's going on. Purposefully show, mind you. Uh, yeah. Also, like uh, Gabe's neck tat. I mean, when someone says like, "Hey, I want a neck tattoo," I think you know maybe that's like you know maybe that's sign like, "Oh, maybe I don't know this person as well as I thought." But also, like, 
Yeah, they, I gotta give it credit. I was like, you're gonna get a net tattoo of a claw, but it looked pretty good. You know, Gabe rocking. I hope he keeps that going in the next couple of laps because I think you know, he pulls permanent. off the yeah, he pulls yeah, off. I hope the, he gets like a full lobster on his face, like top of the lobster there, the claws sort of on his forehead like that. Oh my god, tail on his nice. chin. That would be very what? Fun. Yeah, yeah, tail could go right onto his tongue maybe, and then he could stick his tongue oh, out. Oh, yeah. stop. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, there would be a normal sized tongue. You could put a full lobster on that beast. I could. I could. Sometimes I have. Cthulhu before, over here. Before we wrap up here, what was the key moment in the episode? Pete, what was your key moment in the episode? Um, uh, uh, the key moment uh, continues to be uh, Bodie uh, running shit. And um, I really hope that the, everybody kind of realizes he's the boss. And, uh, you know, lets him come up with a plan of attack uh, for the following day. I think uh, I'll call out the key moment being Aaron dying. And we talked about that, but that's the thing that's going to spur them on going forward. Clearly gives them a mission, makes them say, no, no more. We're not going to take any more of this from Gabe. We need to take down Dodge for good. The same thing that Aaron was saying, but went about it in very much the wrong way without anybody else. But luckily, they have each other. They are together. They're a team. So fingers crossed they'll be able to take Dodge down for good. Justin, what about you? Uh, My key moment is the emergence of Duncan. Um, Mm. We all thought that once his memory's unlocked, he's going to be a huge But no uh, Gracie. It's only one Uh, part of the team, so... No, Gracie, we got to unlock the car. Yep. But what if the keys are locked in the car? Oh, That's man. what they're going to have to. That would suck. C- can I ask you what guys if, a question? If, well, Bodie has to make a key that is just a regular key for, for <laughs> the Gracie. Car the car key. Yeah, the car key. <laughs> uh, we wasted the whispering iron. Just a little note, actually. If you do ever get locked out of your car, just put your left hand on it and trace oh it around. Watch me swap all the way around yeah. the car. Just walk into the, the car on the yeah, other side. Go into the car. Yeah. Um, let me ask you, were you guys, because I was really hoping that when you turned the chains key that Alice in Chains would start blaring, uh, mm. but that didn't happen. It was no, I the only one who Yeah. Um, Not shows up, but like, you know. <laughs> yeah, cool What's going on? Yeah. What, are we, uh-huh. yeah, what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Matheson, uh, <laughs> what I say about the emergence of Duncan, um, I think we all thought like, oh, great. He's this guy. He knows everything. This is going to be perfect. But he's like another Bodhi. Like he shows up and ruins whoa, whoa, everything. He's not Bodhi status yet. You can't throw that around. I don't mean a, a he's high new status. Guy. But I'm not, he's going to work status. his way up to Bodhi level. I'm not saying he's – I'm not hot talking about high-status Bodie. I'm talking about the Bodie that, the, that Tyler and Kinsey have to sort of like take care of and watch out for a little bit. Duncan uh, is an older Bodie, and he's like someone who's like, I have a key. I'm going to use it. And it's like, ah, mm, he's, a, he's a little less strategic than I think we thought he was going to be. He's the one who, whose arrival sets off all of the bad things resulting in Aaron's death. This so I am curious – that is a Bodie shame is not going to stand. This is just not, too much. Not, not Bodie shaming. They, all the characters play a role – and I, I misjudged what Duncan's role might be, and I think he's going to be a factor, but a diff- he's not like the the badass warrior that I think Aaron was sort of setting up. No, to he's be a getaway he driver. Killed. He's got the sweet ride. He's got, you know, he's going to, you know, you got to have a getaway driver. Sure, and I think that's a, a decent role for someone who is a grown-up Bodhi um, because I, I he's less of a leader than I thought, and I'm curious how he's Stop more of a wild card. Shaving. 
He's he's more of a wild card. Can't you just say something nice without putting somebody else down? Is that possible? Since when do we all get to talk during each other's key moments? Because this is a real (laughs) chatty one for me. I need a key that shuts the mouth on the guy right here below me. (laughs) One last thing I want to say. Shout out to uh, Winterfest and Ice Cold Carnival. No way those rides are moving in that temperature. No way. But also, it doesn't matter because they have a gin booth. Did they? I missed that. Oh, what? That's yeah, her, the mom was sitting at home. That's hard. where Eden's mom, Eden, when oh, she walks right. up, like, oh, of course you'd buy the gin booth. I was like, a gin booth? Yeah, Just that's, gin? That's this town goes hard. This town goes hard. I love it. I like gin. I'm into it. Let's go Winterfest. But that was a fun moment where the mom was like, oh, you know you'd be there if you could. And she was like, meh. Yeah, you're right. Good call, mom. <laughs> yeah. If you'd like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to crowdcast crowdcast at YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Lock and Key, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Lock and Key Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast, and many more. Until next time, keep it locked right here. Oh, Alex, could you stop the taping with your tongue like you usually do? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs>